Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of Love to See It. We have so much gossip to discuss. This Have you guys heard about this? Oh my god. This episode is going to be a a veritable bonanza of gossip. I could hardly keep up with it during Thanksgiving. I kept texting Claire <laughs> at inappropriate times. I was supposed to be with my family. And yet Katie Thurston just like reeled me in. I was literally because I had a very exciting sick toddler themed Thanksgiving in the parking lot of an urgent care on Thanksgiving, texting back about Katie Thurston. <laughs> I was like, this is more important than than being inside right now. I know. It was honestly rude of her to drop the final uh, 12 days of messy post while I was driving to D.C. Um, apparently, you're not supposed to text and drive on the highway at the same time. I hear it's dangerous, and that's an affront to me. They've had some public service uh, <laughs> announcement campaigns about that. Yes. And laws. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, last time we did a gossip episode, I was just like, let's get some random Dumois garbage in here, like a hint of this, a bit of that. We only have time today for two blockbuster news items. Tasha and Zach breaking up last Monday on November 22nd, and Katie Thurston ending her 12 Days of Messy Taylor Swift-themed Instagram story event about her men, the men from her season by announcing that she is now dating one of the guys she sent home week two John Hersey, who has since become a very close friend of hers. Wild shit. 
Uh, and there's and there are so many little sub bullets to each of these stories so we're gonna try to work our way through there have been like other little nuggets of gossip but frankly we had to just focus this time so i think we're gonna we're gonna start with the less fun news item which is taisha and zach's breakup yeah not as juicy doesn't feel as good in a way to gossip about fun and gossip about something that doesn't seem so deliberately geared for attention as katie's 12 days of messy um it doesn't seem like taisha and zach wanted any attention around this really at all but they were a very public couple and their breakup was sudden and it happened right after they had just done something very public as a couple for the first time in a while which was run the new york city marathon together which was a bachelor star studded event they ran the whole race together they crossed the finish line together there were a whole bunch of really cute photos of them supporting each other through the race kissing throughout the race zach posted a really mushy you know instagram talking about Tasha and her dedication and then basically immediately after they broke up. So it felt to the public a little bit like whiplash. Yeah, let's let's try to get into the timeline here. So the breakup was confirmed on Monday, November 22nd, which is the Monday of Thanksgiving week. They had gotten engaged a little less than a year before at the end of Tasha's season last year. And I just want to call out here, this means that within the last, like, essentially two months, all three of the Bachelorettes from the last year have broken up with their final choices. Ugh. Like, all at once. I hate anti-cuffing it. season. <laughs> They're like, I want to be single and ready to mingle during COVID surge winter. <laughs> Look, I, I, I respect, I hope that all of them thrive especially claire and tasha honestly i think often uh, women thrive when they can be alone during the winter months and really not have to take care of a a man you know it's a lot of emotional labor snuggled up with your tea and not having to to worry about keeping a, a man going so they had run the marathon together that's like the first weekend of november so the breakup was around three weeks a little less than three weeks after the marathon, right? Yeah, and right before the official announcement came down that they had ended their engagement, there was a report that they were, quote, on a break, which was very much writings, writings on the wall. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, the report will come out in, like, Us Weekly or whatever, like, a source says they're on a break, and no one wants to believe it. You know, we're all like, oh, well, you know, these tabloids, they'll just say anything. But actually... There ends up being a breakup announcement. Yeah. So that initial announcement, I believe, was on November 19th. So they didn't wait long to, yeah. to make the official breakup confirmation. Yeah. And after the marathon, you know, Tasha has been very busy with her various hosting obligations, this and that. And they had spoken about how training together had been a way for them to spend time together and how they were planning to spend some time relaxing in New York City together after this marathon. Um, the next thing that happened is about a week after the marathon, Tasha was hospitalized with what turned out to be a, a kidney infection. Which she has said 
publicly was not connected to the marathon. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation when she was hospitalized that it was because Zach had pushed her too hard in the marathon, that it was too much for her body, that now she was suffering from, you know, overextending herself with insufficient training. And um, she later clarified that it was not marathon related. But we didn't really see, I remember sort of looking to see if Zach would be posting about her in the hospital or, you know, if we would be hearing from Tasha with some details like, oh, Zach's been here supporting me. That didn't really come. And that's when I actually started to feel a little nervous. I was like, they've been really publicly doing this marathon together. Why is their relationship now absent from Tasha being hospitalized? Yeah, it was definitely very odd. And ultimately, from the timeline that ends up coming out, it seems like that's right around the time that the split was happening. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how exactly it happened, I mean, there's so much, you know, speculation, obviously, like, oh, they broke up because he wasn't supportive when she was sick or something. Like, we have no idea whether it was related or not to the marathon or to her illness. But for her to run a marathon, break up with her fiancé, and get a terrible kidney infection in the space of essentially, like, one week. That's a lot. That's a lot. Let Tasha rest. Let Tasha rest. Let Jesse Palmer just take over the hosting obligations. What a kindness to her. Let her rest. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she she clearly was having a difficult November. And, you know, so what happened, I guess? Like, what what happened to Tasha and Zach? We, we're, we're the kind of people who tend to get on board with bachelor couples. You know, if they, they choose someone, we want them to be happy. I don't get a lot of pleasure out of looking at a couple that is trying to make it work and being like, LOL, who do they think they're kidding? They're such a terrible match. And I liked them as a couple from what I saw on the show. I wanted it to work out. Me too. And so it was it was not something that I was like avidly awaiting the news of every week, you know, or that I was theorizing about all year. I I always feel sad when public couples break up. Like I don't necessarily want to be deluged with couple content all the time, but I like to some sometimes just imagine people I've watched on reality TV like floating away in the ether just happily. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I think that what I what people most struggle with on some level with celebrity breakups is not even that they want the couple to stay together per se. It's that, oh, all that time I thought you were, like, happy and you weren't. You were fighting. And that's a bummer. Um, I wish that your life had been full of of more happiness and security during this time when I assumed it was. And I had hoped that, you know, Tasha was in a really supportive relationship during a very busy professional year. But it seems like things were not actually working. And so so why not? I mean, they obviously have very different lives. Lives. I yeah. mean, one of the things that we liked about Zach is that he's not from an influencer background, though he certainly does influence now. He posts plenty of ads for, like, fitness wear and stuff. Um, but he 
does his work with drug addiction, the Drug Addiction Foundation um, that he works with. And he does love to marathon, marathon for a cause. This was like his eighth marathon. Um, and he loves New York. And Tasha has been out in California a lot. She's been getting into hosting and sort of building a kind of career that is more compatible with like living in LA and that's just a hard thing. That kind of entertainment journalism lifestyle. And yeah. And frankly, wanting, you know, having divergent career paths or desiring to live in different places. Like these are reasons that lots of relationships might come to an end. You know, if two people don't have a compatible vision of the future, often it doesn't work out. Yeah. And uh, they had spent a lot of time apart already. Like, in August, I think she went on Ben and Ashley I's podcast, the Almost Famous podcast. She had, at that point in August, just filmed essentially two back-to-back seasons of The Bachelorette, like, on location. And she said something that maybe was a hint that things were not all rainbows and ponies. Uh, She said, I think that after that, it was kind of like we need to remember why we were with each other. And I think that's absolutely normal. It's hard to be in a new relationship and then kind of go away for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And this is me being real and honest. And I think that's true, but also... You know, if you are spending a lot of time focused on other things and being in other places and you can, and your relationship can't handle that, you know, maybe it's not the right relationship. Maybe it's not the right relationship. You know, like if, if it's difficult because I think this is part of the reason that we that breakups can hurt to see is because you think, well, yeah, sometimes I feel like my partner and I need to remember why we're together. And like that is absolutely normal. And then um when the couple breaks up two weeks later or a month later, you're like, is it absolutely normal? Like, <laughs> sh- should I be worried? Exactly. It's like we we want everyone around us to be nice and stable because it, it almost reinforces our own stability. Like I, yeah. again, like to imagine like, don't don't upset the equilibrium, famous couples. Just like, yeah. have a nice <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> Exactly. I need you to demonstrate that it is totally normal and fine um, to to sometimes struggle and to forget why you're together and yeah. and to have to struggle to reestablish that. It's hard to know what happened between two people unless they unless first of all you are intimately involved in those people's lives and especially if they are a public figure and they haven't come out and stated something, you know, equivocally. Yeah. No, we don't, we don't know much about, and that's, I think another thing that allowed them to be sort of a more beloved bachelor nation couple than, than certain others is that they, they weren't seen in public a lot together. They didn't seem to be trying Courting to be a couple, that attention. a couple influence, a power couple, influencer couple. Yeah, it made you think like, oh, maybe they have like a nice, normal, off-camera type relationship. And maybe that's true, but because it's off-camera, there isn't much for us to evaluate. And I was, I mean, I was sad. I thought Zach always seemed so 
lovely kind of out of the bachelorette winner norm. Like he didn't seem like that, like smooth, both in terms of body waxing and also pickup line having um, the most like muscle bound future influencer that the lead could possibly He's find. Not like he, the normal type that you see going on this show and certainly not the typical type that tends to have great success. And that's always appealing. Yes. However, <laughs> as I was researching this episode, <laughs> I did find some, some red things flags. Some red that concerned flags. me. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that concerned me the most is that apparently Zach is a Barstool fan. Real red flag. That is like extremely not okay with me. <laughs> I agree. Unfortunately, that's pretty, that is something that that brings him closer to the typical Bachelor type because yeah. there is a real intermingling of the Barstool world and Bachelor world. Yeah. And that's like, it seems insane to say that enjoying sports content from a specific media company is a deal breaker but like it's pretty close to being a deal breaker for me like if i found out that greg had a private room of bar stool <laughs> paraphernalia i would be like this is like bluebeard's chamber like we're done <laughs> i mean and the main reason that i that we can say that is because bar stool is so tied to the cult of personality that surrounds its founder dave portnoy who's just a real piece of shit yeah um and like he defines the the culture right. of Barstool. He defines the way that the tone of the content, he defines the way that they interact with public criticism, with their audience. I should note that the way that the kind of confirmation that Zach is a stoolie <laughs> is two parts. One is that he was apparently wearing a Barstool hoodie in an Instagram photo uh, before the marathon. Um and the other is that uh, is related to Dave Portnoy more directly. Um, a few weeks ago, Dave uh, Portnoy was the subject of a very long and damning investigative article uh, in Insider about his proclivity for targeting very young women, like recent high school graduates, for sex, often sex that they found coercive and violent. Um, the the report, which I, I urge everyone to read if, if they haven't, is if really you have disturbing. The, you have the stomach for it. It's, it's very yeah. disturbing. And we should, you know, say here that he has denied that he did anything wrong. And not only does he deny that he did anything wrong, he has been going on the offensive against Insider and the yeah. journalist in question, posting a lot of attacks on them, inciting harassment against them by his followers. And amid this flood of posts defending himself and attacking Insider, he put up an Instagram post defending specifically um, something, the Barstool Fund, uh, a fund he created to help small businesses survive COVID. And he's like, I really did this to help small businesses survive COVID. It's not a PR move, like insider may claim. Like, it's it's all, I'm so, so passionate about helping small businesses survive COVID. And Zach commented on this post, keep going. So 
you could look at this specific post and maybe say like, yeah, keep going, keep helping small businesses survive COVID. But like, it's clear that, you know, Zach is engaged with Dave Portnoy as a follower. And this is amidst Dave Portnoy flailing around defending right. himself. Like from- one would think maybe this isn't the time to be encouraging of Dave Portnoy. Like even, even if you secretly enjoy him, you know what I mean? Like it just tactically seems stupid. All that being said, uh, it's just, it's not a good look for Zach and it makes us, it raises a red flag or yeah. three. And Obviously, we don't know Zach, but did this give me a big frowny face when I saw it? Yes, definitely. It, did. it definitely yeah. did. Um, the other thing is that there have been sort of conflicting reports, all citing, of course, anonymous sources close to various people um, about the nature of the breakup. On November 22nd, The Sun did publish a report quoting an anonymous source who is allegedly close to Tasha, who claimed that Tasha initiated the breakup because of Zach's, quote, controlling behavior, um, as well as distance and just not aligning on futures, sort of suggesting that Zach was threatened by Tasha's success and that they had been fighting about his controlling nature. Again, it's there are yeah. very few specifics given. Yeah, the only specific it's like she asked him to work on being controlling, but he continued to be controlling. And so we don't know what that means, and we also don't know who the source is, which is right. Yeah, yeah. There's there's really been very very little aside from confirmation that the breakup happened that can be confirmed. It's a lot of anonymous sources. Yeah, and um, that's that's what the source who was the basis for this report claimed is that this was essentially Zach's fault. Zach was a bad partner. He was controlling. He was threatened by her success. He really wanted her to move to New York and wouldn't consider moving to California and was extremely bothered that she was traveling for work. He, it says, quote, he wasn't secure enough to handle her success. Um, and that they were they were having terrible fights, and the week before the split was confirmed, they had a really bad fight that was sort of the final straw for Tasha, and and the split was was made at that point. Um, and maybe you yeah. know that's I'm I'm interested in in a sense like is this the sort of thing where Tasha's camp is kind of trying to get a narrative out there because. In some, in some of these bachelor breakups, they will like release a joint statement, like Katie and Blake did, and they did not do that. Like nothing that we're hearing about what happened has been them on the record saying we still have the utmost love and respect for each other, but we have decided to part. It's all these anonymous quotes making conflicting claims, and is that them? Their camps trying to like control the message in some way, or is it just? you know, randos, like, going haywire. Like, we don't know right, what's going on. Right, we actually don't know. We we don't really have a way to know. Um, Us Weekly had a source, you know, sort of seeming to offer a, an alternative version to the narrative that Zach was controlling, just that they're a mi- mismatch. 
they couldn't commit to to wedding planning or a future together. Yeah. And just saying, like, oh, they actually still have a lot of love for each other. It was, like, essentially, it was an amicable split. Like, maybe, maybe not. They could have parted ways in a normal way and also not have a lot of love for each other. Like, we we just simply yeah. don't know relationships. And often people do have conflicting versions of yeah. how those ends occurred. And... Again, if they're not saying anything, it's hard for us to actually know or yeah. come to any clear conclusions on our own. My conclusion is just that if it were really amicable, they would have they would have spoken out jointly in public. I yeah. think the fact that they chose not to do that, especially so soon after they were publicly running the marathon together and posting about each other. It seems likely that it wasn't friendly friendly yeah it seems sudden and it seems it it bespeaks acrimony to me that they did not were not able to like get on the same page to present a a shared narrative to the outside world a united front in their breakup and that makes me sad more than anything like the that Tasha had to deal with that while having a kidney infection it sounds very it sounds very rough um regardless of of what happened and it's just sad it's sad to see people in pain even people that we don't know and uh yeah i just i want good things for Tasha. the last hints of anything uh informative here that i have are two instagram posts two cryptic instagram posts well so Right before the breakup was confirmed, apparently Tasha liked an Instagram quote card that read, finally, I realized that I was never asking for too much. I was just asking for the wrong person. Does that sound like such an amazing quote that you would like it, even if it didn't speak to you about your current situation at that moment? Hmm. Like if you were like, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy with I'm Zach, in a great relationship. That's a but wonderful that's just a quote. Great quote. <laughs> <laughs> just really makes you think. <laughs> Uh, maybe, um, or was this about Zach? Maybe, maybe she was just like, that really is a wonderful way of putting words together. I also saw a Reddit post that claimed that Zach's friend posted a quote in his Instagram story saying, quote, a king with the wrong queen can't protect his kingdom if his biggest threat is inside the castle. What the fuck does that even mean? I think that it is about... (laughs) the great and how like <laughs> if your queen is like trying to stage overthrow a you against you yeah. and overthrow you like how are you gonna wage war on sweden you know it's gonna be really difficult so maybe if Zach's catherine the great is your queen is just a huge fan of, of the, the great. great yeah or maybe <laughs> or he's trying to shade Tasha. i always love these reddit posts because i'm like either his friend is like really really pissed at Tasha, or his friend is just do-do-do, living my life, happened to be friends with Zach, and, yeah. like, suddenly there are Reddit threads that are like, I can't believe Zach's friend is attacking Tasha. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what if Zach's friend is, like, attacking his own ex? Yeah. Some people <laughs> who aren't actually the leads and finalists of the Bachelor franchise shows also have love lives. Uh, look, ultimately, we don't know... The whole thing is kind of a bummer. And what we do know 
is that it makes us real sad that Zach <laughs> yeah. loves Dave Portnoy. That makes me really sad. That makes me really sad. All this time I spent thinking of Zach as someone who would not post a supportive comment on Dave Portnoy's Instagram and to know That's that I was the real, dwelling in ignorance the real shattering for that long. news of Oof. this of this whole cycle. This is why whenever you think you like a guy who is on The Bachelorette, just stop and be like he probably <laughs> likes Barstool. Like just think about that for a second. I know, but I I need to live in a state of, you know, uh, suspended disbelief in order yeah, this, to called, buy into called, any of these love stories. Emma, it's, it, it's called disinvesting in the patriarchy. We have to <laughs> stop ever thinking that a man might be good. I know. I try. It's so hard. <laughs> oh, and on that note, it's time for us to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for a more, I think... Lighthearted <laughs> and juicy chat about Katie Thurston and 12 Days of Messy. Can you keep up? I like love it. We all want our cats happy and healthy because that makes us happy. But since we're not mind readers, we just don't always know when our pets are unwell. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Plus, Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. And the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can. I mean, three of the main annoying things about having cat litter in the house instantly made better by Pretty Litter. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes color to help monitor early signs of potential illness in cats, including your urinary tract infections, and kidney issues. Our producer, Talon, is really excited to try Pretty Litter soon because he has two cats who have been using conventional litter. He was remembering that last year they had to delay a vacation because their cats started throwing up the morning they were leaving. And if they had had an early warning, they could have gotten her quicker medical attention and also not disrupted their plans as much. That's the kind of peace of mind that is really great to have as a pet owner. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on your cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI and use code LTSI to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI, code LTSI to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash LTSI, code LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in 
in those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful, and I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz and good wine? I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables 
from article. That lovely chair out on my deck, article. Our big console, article. I'm My bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back, and I am so excited because this, this is the gossip content that I crave. I was trying to explain this situation to my friend Adina when we were driving back to D.C. together, and I was trying to explain to her that, like, at the gas station, I needed to text you, Claire, because this person (laughs) we don't know announced publicly that she was dating someone else that we don't know. And it's very important. It's very important. <laughs> and then you texted me, Katie, John. And I was like, what? Who? What are you talking about? How do you know my friend John? And then it all came together. Uh, yeah. I had was... limited time at the brief moments of <laughs> stopping because, you again, you shouldn't text and drive at the same time. I, I respect that you're <laughs> setting a good example. Um, so let's, for those who don't know, 12 Days of Messy takes a little explaining. So let's let's get into this. On November 12th, after Red, Taylor's version, Taylor Swift's uh, re-release of her classic album Red came out, Katie announced and kicked off that she would be doing a, an Instagram story, like, multi-day event called 12 Days of Messy, and each day assigning one song from Red, Taylor's version, to one of her exes from her season of The Bachelorette. And she talked about this before. She, like, polled followers the day before, I think, asking if she should take this suggestion from a DM that she got that's like, oh, you should label the guys from your season with Red songs. And she's like, should I do this and call it 12 Days of Messy? And... On November 12th, that is exactly what happened. And reminder of the timeline, this was this was not long after she and Blake broke up. Blake Moynes, who was her pick from her season, they announced their breakup on October 25th. So like a little more than two weeks later. <laughs> and so naturally, she kicks off day one with Blake Moynes. We are never... <laughs> 
getting back together. Uh, um, what? <laughs> this was just like she just came out guns a blazing. Yeah, it was an aggressive because, move. She I, because I, you they know. did they did actually get on the same page and post a joint statement that was very. Loving that was very and, loving and kind. And also asked for privacy. And asked for <laughs> privacy. <laughs> She's like, please, uh, we just ask for privacy and kindness as we navigate this new stage of our lives. And like, 14 days later, she's like, anyway, Blake, we're never getting back together. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> oh, bold. Oh. Bold. Getting attention. I mean, it's just such a naked grab for attention. Oh, yeah. This also comes on the heels, and we talked about this in our last um, gossip episode, on the fact that Katie has been, like, lightly hemorrhaging followers since. Yeah. After the breakup, she did dip below 1 million followers and has continued to lightly decline. She still has a ton of followers. But that 1 million benchmark, I mean, it's a nice one. She's now at 966,000. So the decline has been slow but steady. Slow but steady. Um, yeah, so obviously this piqued people's interest. They were like, oh, we thought you guys had an amicable breakup and things were cool, but this actually seems like a song you would assign to someone who that you're like really gleefully, fucked you over. Yeah, you're gleefully, gleefully walking away from. Like, fuck off, dude. Uh, and she tried to clarify very early on, like, just so everyone knows, this is, quote, all in good fun and a celebration of Taylor Swift. And she promised more chaos. Honestly, I didn't really expect there to be that much chaos when she started. I was kind of like, uh, okay, I see what you're doing, Katie. You're kind of, you're sort of low-key trolling, but whatever, live your truth. And I assumed that the big thing would just be us waiting to see her what finally, yeah, what song Greg would get. And we all assumed it would be all too well. Yeah. Um, most of them obviously are not that chaotic. Most of her relationships were not that fraught. Um, it is perhaps one of the most chaotic things throughout the season, th- throughout this event, that she would kind of troll her ex like this for for a laugh and some attention um, on Instagram. That, I think, was like a high watermark of, of chaos that was not matched until the very end of this. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in her vision boarding live event, which will come up again, um, was the night before this this first post. And she talked about her it a little bit. Vision boarding live event. I'm vision sorry. Just, that as a phrase just makes me I laugh. Know. <laughs> I know. Listen. But yes, we did we did the research here, people. Yeah. I read a very comprehensive summary on Reddit. The good people of Reddit really do not disappoint. Yes. Thank you. You learned something new for posting that. And so on this vision boarding live, as she is cutting out inspiring phrases and pictures from magazines and gluing them to her vision board, I assume, she said that, you know, the internet fucks with me. I'm going to fuck with the internet. And I just want to say, 
I don't feel that fucked with. I'm like, sure, like, make chaos. It only gives me fuel. (laughs) But I do feel like you're kind of fucking with Blake. And, like, what did Blake do to you? Like, if he did something to you, say more. Um, But if not, this kind of seems to go against the spirit of this joint statement you posted. Yeah, the person that I actually feel bad for in all of this is Blake, who has kind of largely stayed off of... Yeah, we'll get to Blake. Yeah, we'll get to him eventually, but... Let's get That's to day setting two. the stage. Yeah. Day two was Andrew. Andrew S. And he got run. Yeah. And she posted a picture of the note that he left for her, you know, which was, you know, if you change your mind or whatever, I'll be waiting. And that's sort of what the song run is about. Um, it's about, and I think I put the lyrics in yes. here. It's about having that kind of agreement that's like, let's just, you know, run away together, um, that Andrew kind of proposition to her. Like, there's a chain around your throat, piece of paper where I wrote, I'll wait for you. You know, I think that she's just picking up these little, little superficial simi- similarities. Yeah. Which, honestly, fair enough, because it's it's hard to figure out a real appropriate song with yeah. a deep meaning for each of these relationships, most of which, frankly, yeah. were not that deep. I did appreciate day three. I thought that was cheeky. She assigned Aaron Clancy the song. And James. And, and James, James Bonsall. She and put James him in parentheses. Bonsall with Girl at Home. Because, you know, they're bromance. Yeah. You've they got a girl together. at home and everybody knows it. That was so cute. They are each other's girl yeah. at home, um, which they weren't uh, during her season. But she, she's able to play off of their narrative in paradise. Day four, Thomas. This was I, a little bit more chaotic. This was a little chaotic. Thomas was assigned I Knew You Were Trouble. Becca, Thomas's current girlfriend, former bachelorette Becca Kufrin, reportedly unfollowed Katie after this post. And the bachelorettes, we know, that's a tight-knit sorority. So that's got to sting. Awkward. Yeah. Um, in her vision boarding live, she said something about how they all planned all the bachelorettes were going to get together in a year or two. And like, I'm like, who's uninvited now? Is it is it going to be Katie or Becca? Yikes! <laughs> it's going to be Katie. Um, yeah. So obviously, just a nod to Thomas's villain role on her season. I don't think she knew he was trouble. She knew that he was very handsome, and she wanted to marry him <laughs> until the moment when she decided to send him home. Uh, day five is Mikey P. Holy ground. Get it? He's religious. He's very religious. He's a holy man. Everywhere that such a holy man is, is holy ground. Day six is Brendan. Remember Brendan? Brendan Quinn? Vaguely. Yeah. So his song was The Last Time. Which everyone is just baffled by. I literally wrote a bunch of question marks on our doc under the bullet point for explanation. I had to Google Brendan Quinn bachelorette exit to get a reminder of how he left because I thought that might be the clue. So basically, and it is what the way he left is that he was the last guy left without a one on one the week before hometowns. And he was like, why am I even here? Like, she clearly isn't into me. So he went and knocked on her door, 
and asked her why he was still there. And she, she was, was like, oh, like, now that you, now mention, that you it, mention it, you shouldn't be. <laughs> you shouldn't be here. Thanks for bringing yourself to my attention. There's the door. Um, and, you know, the last time is about some a guy showing up at a woman's door to, at, like, ask her a question, which is, like, can you forgive me in, in the song? But I actually do think it's just kind of a superficial reference to the fact that he showed up at her door to ask her something. I agree. Again, I don't think this is, one was too deep. I mean, literally the first lyrics are, find myself at your yeah. door, just like all those times before. Yeah. The um, door. This is the last time I'm asking you this. Put my name at the top of your list or don't and just send me home because clearly there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> send me to Bachelor in Paradise Canada to get with El- Ileana. Um. Day seven, Michael A. I almost do. This one was kind of juicy, too. This piqued my interest. I had been tuning out. And then, <laughs> I, Claire, I think you texted me the day this one dropped. And you were like, oh, yeah, Katie, what are you doing? <laughs> I had thought that it might be Justin that got I almost do. Because it's a runner-up song, yeah. it, like, in a way. It's like, so close. So close to doing it. That, I feel like that's the kind of the level of reference that we've been getting from these. But the chorus to this song is, and I just want to tell you, it takes everything in me not to call you. And I wish I could run to you. And I hope you know that every time I don't, I almost do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It sort of felt like she was trying to shoot her shot with Michael after he had kind of tried to shoot his shot while she was still with Blake in an Instagram comment while her season yeah, was Yeah, that was, remember that. She posted, like, a very come-hither lingerie model shot, and he commented, can't say what I'd like to. But this time, uh, Michael responded in a very platonic friend vibe way. He literally said, thanks, friend. Uh, so he reposted this on his own Instagram story with, the note, thanks, friend. You're an amazing human, and I'm certain you'll find what you've been looking for. I got you back. Stay classy, San Diego, which is where she lives now. That will come up later. Um, <laughs> I feel like when you call someone a human, it's like a very non-romantic thing to say to me. It's like, yeah, you're you like, are you're just, literally you're a, human a human person. <laughs> I, I see nothing sexual here. <laughs> yeah, I see that we belong to the same species. Uh, but... You know, it does kind of sound like she's been holding herself back from calling him. But I think on reflection, and I think the fact that it was day seven was also a hint here. Like, she wasn't going to shoot her shot in the middle of this whole thing. Yeah. But I think this is just a reference to the fact that she wanted to ask him to stay. And she let him go. And it was difficult. But she almost, she almost asked him to stay. Something like that. Um, she, he was the person who, who left before things were really resolved between them. So it it makes sense, which I can't say about all of her picks. For example, day eight, Hunter Montgomery, 22. I was also pretty confused by this one. I saw some people wondering whether it was because, like, does she feel 22 when she's with him because he's in his mid 30s? Or is Michael's it about older him? than him? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Or is he? Yeah. Is it about him seeming twenty two? It. 
I honestly is it or because is it just they like had a really fun? childlike time yeah, together? I don't get it. I don't know. I didn't associate that with their relationship. Like nothing that I could think of, like really rang true to me of like what I thought about Hunter and Katie together. I, I feel like I I would have thought that like Connor would get twenty two yeah. or even or even Justin because they had such a lighthearted fun yeah. relationship. Hunter, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed. I I'm still. Confused she had a couple one. guys who were a few years younger than her who had a very playful vibe with her and Hunter. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is it because there was a whole thing about him being shorter than some of the other guys and 22-year-olds are notoriously not fully grown yet because <laughs> they're still children waiting for their growth spurt? I don't know. Um, but day eight was also the day that Katie took to a different social media to get the attention of someone who had not yet responded to her tags on Instagram stories, Taylor Swift herself. This made me feel so weird. Oh, God, it was so (laughs) confusing. It was so cringe. So the first thing she tweeted was an article in Us Weekly, Katie Thurston compares Bachelorette exes to Taylor Swift songs. And she added, but can I get at Taylor Swift 13 to help me with my last song, Eyes Emoji? And then In she what followed way, Katie? up. <laughs> she gets more specific. Let me let me let me explain. Dear at Taylor Swift thirteen, I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. Can you help me deliver a message from Taylor to someone from my season? Message in a bottle is all I can do. Standing here, hoping it gets to you. Prayer hands emoji, heart emoji, rose emoji. No response from Taylor. No response Rough. from Taylor. I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> Shit, listen, this is really Katie shooting her shot. This is the part of 12 Days of Messy where where Katie is truly, truly shooting her shot, and it doesn't go doesn't her way. It doesn't go well. It's not clear what the request is, but whatever she wanted from Taylor, she regroups, she gets through 12 Days of Messy without Taylor's assistance, and here we all are today. Day nine is Connor. And he is assigned Starlight, which is a song about... Okay, so it was written when she was dating Connor Kennedy, who was um, the grandchild, I believe, of Ethel and Robert F. Kennedy. And she dedicated the song Starlight to Ethel in her liner notes. Um, Ethel famously was very fond of Taylor when they were dating... (laughs) When she was dating Connor and buying a mansion next door to his family's mansion in Hyannisport. Um, So now I'm thinking maybe it's just because his name is Connor and the song is sort of about a Connor adjacent person. Yeah, by this point, I feel like she was just like had her eyes on the prize (laughs) at the end. It was just like, gotta get through. Gotta get to the end. Um, It is about, you know, two young kids like listening to music and dancing and best night ever and they were dancing like they were made of starlight and he does love musical theater so hey um connor posted his own theory which was quote the whole place was dressed to the nines that's a song that's a line from the song starlight because cats have nine lives right katie thurston you're a genius (laughs) is that what katie meant Uh, who knows i i think connor was just uh, honored to be included. <laughs> just, just happy to be here. Yeah, just happy to be here. Uh, Connor, of course, famously entered dressed as a cat. 
Um, and that brings us to day 10 and Justin Glaze, her runner-up, who did not get the screen time he deserved. And she gave him the song Sad, Beautiful, Tragic. Which, again, I just it just feels like we didn't have enough to go on and the song doesn't feel, like, considered, like... It doesn't, like, seem to give me enough. Like, Justin's always getting sold short here. But I'm going to guess it's something about the line, for example, words, how little they mean when you're a little too late. Because I think her thing when he left was, like, my feelings with you just aren't far enough along, which is often how you let people go toward the end. Yeah. Again, I don't know how much thought was put into this. They had a beautiful, tragic, magic love affair. And if you don't know that about Katie and Justin, you don't know anything. (laughs) So this brings us almost to the end. The final two days are dedicated to one man. And neither of them, neither Greg nor Trey, but notably Greg. Most notably Are that final man. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like Greg was probably just fucking relieved. Yeah, I think so. I think he probably was very, 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 very relieved. I think a lot of us assumed that Greg was going to get all too well. I thought maybe it would be the last one. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the second to last or the last one. And if she didn't want to give him the last one, that maybe the last day would would be about herself. We weren't sure. (laughs) I do want to call out the fact that before it got to the end, um... Andrew, Mikey, Greg, and Justin did a joint Instagram live. Like, the the four of them and also Trey and sometimes Michael seem to be on really good terms. They're close. And so they were doing a live, and I guess Andrew put the question to the group. I think perhaps someone had asked it in the in the comments. Um, and he was like, what, what does everyone think of the 12 Days of Messy? And no one says anything except Mikey seems genuinely confused and multiple times says, wait, like, what? It, what? What is it? And then all of them start laughing. And then he except realizes. For Greg. Greg never Greg reacts. has zero reaction. Greg keeps his face completely still. Yeah. Greg knows. He's like, I'm, I'm not giving them anything. <laughs> like, there will yeah. be a headline. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at a Reddit post about it and all the comments are people dissecting the twitches of his eyebrows it was like i just <laughs> he's think like, he's I'm not trying to them not, an eyebrow twitch. trying to not yeah. chat about it and frankly none of them are really trying to chat about it it's pretty funny i found it pretty entertaining yeah. they're all just like let's go Let, yeah, they're let's like just, okay let's get out bye. Of here. And, and the only thing greg says is bye guys bye guys or something yeah but justin says as he signs off messy drew and gives a little a little classic Justin reaction face. I miss Justin's expressions. Me too. It was great. Faith, that I've watched... face is made for TV. He should uh, be on our TV more. I agree. I really hope that he is on Paradise next year. I want to say that Le- I want to speak to Greg being left out. I don't know, actually, if she knew at the beginning of this that Greg wouldn't be in there. I think it's likely that she had a song for Greg and then things evolved in a different direction and she pivoted. I think a lot of people love that she gave him no song, that it's like the ultimate shade. It's so petty just to not give him that importance. And I get that. That makes a lot of sense. However, 
that's not what Red is. <laughs> like, Red is not an album about, like, you don't even deserve my time or attention. It's about having this, like, toxic relationship with a terrible guy who treats you like garbage and then just letting yourself write a whole huge goddamn messy dramatic album about it and not being like, I'm not going to give him another moment of my time. Like, no, give him that time. <laughs> That's what's messy about it. <laughs> I feel like it's 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 like it's not a full embrace of the spirit of Red if you're not I going to, to agree. be petty in song. <laughs> I have to agree. And I also have to agree with your thesis that perhaps when she started, she thought she would include greg in some capacity yeah we don't know uh but that does bring us to the big news which was days 11 and 12 on day 11 which i think a lot of people had thought might be greg yeah and then allow her to end on a more positive note yeah um she instead didn't post a name and posted the song State of Grace with a video of maybe her, presumably, walking through some very tall grass to a beach. And people just lost their minds with speculation. There were a bunch of guesses. People were like, wait, was she? is she going to give Greg two days? That seems crazy. Like, I think that's where we sort of were like, yeah, this probably isn't about Greg at all. And she's probably leaving him out because... We didn't think that she would give him two days. Yeah. Um, Some people were still wondering, is day 12 going to be about dating herself, about, like, renewing herself as a single woman? Or was she dating John? I was so shocked when I started to see those comments because I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, she's been friends with John this whole time. Suddenly you all think they're dating. I was like, what's going on? But I should have trusted those internet commenters. They're paying attention where I am not. Yeah, I feel like I had seen little inklings. When it first started, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get why people are speculating that. But, like, no, they're just friends. Let yeah, them be no, friends. Let them be friends. <laughs> let men and women be friends, guys. They can be platonic friends. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything more. But we were wrong. We, <laughs> we were wrong. When she posted this, I will admit I did start to start to believe it. I was like, oh my God, maybe, maybe she is dating John. Given that she had put out the request yes. that she wanted to deliver a message to someone from her season. That I feel was like that was hint. a huge tell. That was the huge tent. And because she had already reached back out in song to all of the guys that you would otherwise think it might be, like Michael, Justin, Andrew, they'd all been included already. Like, she's not going to make some sort of overture to Greg, like, let's get back together. (laughs) So, like, it's got to be someone she's still on really good terms with. Who's left except for John? Like, that could potentially be a romantic interest for her. So, like, that was through the, the process of elimination. I was like, it makes sense. And she clearly has a message that is more of a romantic overture than the one she posted to Michael left. So what I was missing, because I didn't watch Katie's long two-hour vision boarding live event, because the thought of spending two hours watching someone else vision board makes me want to 
I don't know, change careers at least. Like, it's not <laughs> worth it to me. But apparently, during this live, she, John was in the comments, and he started asking everyone to tell Katie to go to the door. And she gets the message from everyone and gets up and goes to the door and apparently came back very emotional, nearly in tears, according to the Reddit summary I read, and then told a story about how John, quote, told her she could safely put her wine glasses in the dishwasher, but one of her glasses ended up breaking. (laughs) And so John had bought her a new wine glass to replace it. And the Reddit uh, description again this for this is from you learn something new on on reddit described katie as having a huge giddy smile on her face and then ended the live event so i can see why if you're watching that you're like oh this is not how you react to your friend replacing a just like sending one wine glass it's it sounds like i you know i should have watched it but i just found this right before um before we taped but it sounds like maybe he brought it to her door because she ended she ended the show right after that but either way it's not the reaction you have to your friend being like sorry about your wine glass like here's a new wine glass that's a reaction that you have yeah i was like as as someone who has had a friend break one of my cocktail glasses, and then send me a new one. Um, very and you sweet were and appreciated. But and yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did break down into tears on an Instagram live, um, and then confess my love to that friend. So that's awkward. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to know how you and Adam got together. <laughs> um, yeah, so that does seem like a huge tell. If I were watching that, I would also be like she's going to announce that she and John are together, or that she's into him, and like publicly ask him out this brings us to day 12 which confirms that john hersey is her new love interest the song is begin again of course i think that we 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 always knew that it was going to end with begin again because she has to begin again after you know everything she's been through people weren't sure if it was going to be begin again and it was going to be like her as a fabulous single woman yeah um but no it turns out that she and john are Dating, although it wasn't completely clear. Um, She posted essentially a very long video clip. I actually don't know how this was technically speaking possible according to Instagram's limitations. It was like a full minute long Instagram story slide, but it was a long video montage. It included his full limo exit moment, their conversation where you know, he's like, I thought I would snap out of it when I got out of the limo, but, like, I haven't snapped out of it. And then she's like, that's my type. Like, Ooh, that's did my he hear type me? right there. Oh. oh, no, did he hear me? Um, she also... She also included a clip from a plane ride mm-hmm. with John. That He's sort of flying through the sun. Like, yeah. it's a sun-dappled shot, and John is turning around from the cockpit of the tiny plane, smiling at her. Eagle-eyed... Uh, viewers commenters pointed out that this was a plane ride blake was also on yeah it was filmed (laughs) with blake next to her while she and blake were engaged which like the mess maybe like god maybe just use a different video clip um yeah and it concludes with her highlighting some specific lyrics of begin again 
I've been spending the last eight months thinking all love ever does is break and burn and end. But on a Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again. And then it ended with like day 12, John Hersey. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was clear that they were probably dating. At very least, she wanted to date him. And then a couple hours later... Yeah, it seemed almost like maybe... They weren't because he didn't publicly respond like for a while. And people were like, so, so are they dating? Or like, is she or, asking like, is she out? Why is he not saying anything? But then yeah. he did end up posting a TikTok that he also posted on his Instagram account of the two of them like hugging and kissing and holding hands, holding hands and it piggyback ride. I have so many questions about who it's filmed like, this. It's truly a TikTok that's like, look at us doing non-friend things that romantical type friends do. They're literally We're, making out. I'm like, who, like on the street, like who is filming this? And it's all in the same outfit. So this was all taken one during one night. Imagine like getting your friend being like, can you like, we're trying to like go public with our relationship. Can you just like follow us around gonna, for a couple hours? I'm gonna stand here. Like, Katie's gonna walk toward me, and then I'm gonna lean down and make out with her. Can you just like capture that? But then an, also an we're gonna walk video. off. And if you could like do it in a very artsy way, in which like Katie's, it looks like it's almost documentary style, and Katie's laughing and hugging me, and then turns back and looks gleeful. Like it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Um. And he captioned it, uh, I really like it here. And she responded, me too. They also confirmed to us weekly that day that they were now a couple. And it was so funny, actually. The article was like, the couple will attend their mutual friend, like, Dr. Lovegrove's Noel Ball on December 2nd. And I was like, this truly sounds like a, like, Victorian uh, engagement Hallmark. announcement. It's like the newly affianced yeah. couple will make their first public appearance together at the ball. Being yeah, I'm like held it's historical at- fiction or it's like a really bad Hallmark Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. Can you imagine being like, oh yeah, I've been dating this guy and we're gonna make our first public appearance as a couple together, <laughs> like at our friend's ball next week? <laughs> it's the most um, Hallmark movie shit ever. Also, yeah. it feels like um their friend Stephen. Love Grove or whatever mm-hmm. was like formative to this relationship. Like I immediately yeah. he, like, was gave like, gave a quote he, to Us Weekly yeah. that was like, "Gosh, it's just so great that my two friends are now a couple." Uh, it was just a very I, I've never <laughs> I've never like seen anything like it like this this confirmation. Um, <sighs> it was a lot. Yeah, it's so. They're together. We're very happy for them. Um, I think John seems very sweet. He's always been very protective of Katie. He was sent home week two, but when she was involved in that sort of public conflict with Greg, um, he really wrote a very, like, passionate defense of her. Yeah, I think they actually became good friends because Reality Steve had incorrectly reported that he was in the final four. And so those internet rumors, which she sort of nods oh. to, had like made them right. She wrote a post that was like internet lo- rumors led brought to me this led guy me to become, this guy. Yeah. But so what's weird is that I don't actually okay because I also read an explanation of how they became friends, which is basically like 
that she had moved to San Diego and he lived there and they serendipitously happened to be at the same beach and like he saw a photo she'd posted and was like, oh, I was right there. It was confusing. It seemed like there were a certain number of sort of like coincidental moments and they ended up connecting and becoming close friends while her season was, was airing. Yeah, it was while her season was airing. Basically, Bachelor Data posted a really good timeline of this. Oh, thank you, Bachelor um, Data. That, yeah, Katie's season wrapped late April. It premiered June 2021. And one week later in June, and this is before Katie moved to San Diego, Katie's friend was spotted with John. Then Mm. on July 17th, that's when she started browsing for apartments in San Diego. The next day, Katie and John are together on Stephen Lovegrove's Instagram. And the <laughs> day after guy? the day after that, <laughs> Katie posted the her first picture of John saying, slide into his DMs. He's single and ready to mingle. And then the 28th, she officially shared she's moving to San Diego. Her season ended August 9th. She was, you know, obviously with Blake through August. And at the end of August, Katie and John joked about the final for spoiler rumor. And on September 1st is when Katie tagged both Blake and John. John, Blake, and Katie also hung out in mid-September. Yeah, the three of them had hung, like he was a very close friend of hers, and so they had hung so out. So this is with yeah, together. this is intertwined with her visiting San Diego, moving to San Diego, the fact that there were rumors about him. It all sort of came together. It seems, yeah, for them to make them become friends, and he was very much her friend during her relationship yeah. with Blake, and Blake had hung out with them. That's what we honestly, know. I I respect that Blake did not feel threatened at all by this like and it it makes sense you know in a way like i have platonic male friends and i think it's healthy to have friends of all genders and orientations but she did say that he was really her type exactly her type and i don't know i feel a little nervous i think it's it's very rough and this it's rough honestly leads us into the blake of it all blake did not know this was coming. He unfollowed her when this was posted. And he continued to follow her after she posted, we are never, ever, ever getting back together about him. They were still on good terms. He had given a long interview to uh, the Talking It Out podcast with Brian Abasolo and Mike Johnson and was very respectful of Katie in it and defended her and was like, I wouldn't handle it the way she's handling the breakup, but it's just she's being funny with it. That's how she's coping. That's her sense of humor. Right. She's not attacking me. It's fine. But when he saw this announcement, he did unfollow her. And fair enough. (laughs) Clear that he did not get a heads up. And he confirms that he did not get a heads up because basically before the original interview that he had given with to Brian and Mike came out. This news broke. And so the last half hour of the episode is sort of a follow-up interview 
that they did with Blake right after this news hit. And it's very raw, and he clearly had just found out. And so we do get some pretty interesting insights into kind of how this all The tonal shift is really stark. Like It's very stark. He's clearly not happy about the breakup, per se. Like, it's always tough. But in the first part of it, he seems at peace with it. He's like, we weren't a good match. Katie's right. Like, we can both learn from, you know, what we went through together. And I don't yeah. regret proposing to her. Like, He's and like then he says, you know, second- I, re- I remember how happy I was in, in the moment. Yeah. And I don't want to live with with regrets. And... You know, I can still remember how happy I felt in that moment. So I I don't regret doing yeah. it. And then in the second part, he sounds like audibly distressed. Like he sounds very sad. He sounds hurt. Um, at times he sounds close to tears. Sound, his voice is breaking in it. Like I honestly found it so heartbreaking to listen to. Yeah. And to Blake's credit, like he is so respectful and I think very generous to Katie throughout even both parts of the interview you know this is clearly a person that like and they clearly their initial breakup was hard but largely amicable like they mutually agreed that this wasn't a good fit it it sort of seems like maybe Blake was willing to fight for it for a little longer And Katie sort of drew a line, and then he came around to her position. But, like, on the whole, they both seem to have concluded that this wasn't – just wasn't a great great fit, which is a very, again, normal thing. From what he says and from some more oblique comments that Katie made on the vision boarding live, it sounds like a big factor was that he was – he's very independent. He spends a lot of time – traveling, doing his conservation work, and Katie wanted a much more involved and present partner, and it was yeah. hard for him to build that into his his mindset and his lifestyle. He wasn't good maybe at always texting enough, giving her the attention that she needed in their relationship, and she felt neglected. And that's and, a fair thing, and I yeah. think Blake... And I think he's very understanding of he's that. He's understanding yeah. of that and seems to... Like, I did find it interesting and and positive that he he really was conscious of not trying to shift blame onto either of them, but talking about how, yeah, there are things he can learn about being a better partner from this relationship. And he says, you know, we have really different ways of expressing love, different love languages, as it were. It yeah. seems like Katie is a words of affirmation person, which I relate to because I am as well. And I think that you know, it's totally possible to have a partnership with someone who isn't. Like, my boyfriend very much is not. But if the person is not physically present and also isn't giving you giving you those words of affirmation, if that's how you receive love, I would imagine that could be difficult. I'm sure it was. And, like, one of the things he even said was almost, like, maybe I just need to choose someone next time who is more – Similar to me in that yeah. way. That like, and that's also a valid thing to learn from totally. both how you can do better and also how you can find someone who's more compatible. But, you know, that's all fine. He doesn't seem to have anger about the breakup. But to find out that like less than a month after this breakup that for you was painful. And, and that you're still, you're still in the process with, of 
yeah, of healing that from she processing. has planned an extended multi-day public Instagram event to announce that she is now in a relationship with a guy that you thought, perhaps accurately, but now uh, understandable that you would question that, that you thought was her very platonic friend. And that you hung out with multiple and times with. with her. It's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to make you question. Like, I, I think it would be illogical not to look back and be like, was there something there between them that I didn't know? Did I miss something? He even says, you know, kind of shifts the blame to himself and wonders, like, did I do something? Did I not show up for Katie in a way that made her seek the things I couldn't give her out in in John, who was physically there? I mean, to <sighs> if you're dating someone, if you're engaged to someone who has a lifestyle that has them traveling far away from you a lot, lives in a different city, et cetera, and they end up wanting to get with their best friend who is around them all the time. It's clear that Katie wants a very present partner, and that is completely valid. Um, And I can imagine that having a very handsome, attentive best friend (laughs) who is around all the time while your fiancé is in Africa not answering your texts. Yeah, and also it's it's, appealing. Right, and and it makes sense to me also that John is someone that wouldn't have necessarily popped on camera or, like, made an impression in the world of the show. She said that it felt like he was interviewing when they had their one-on-one time, and that's why he didn't even make it past the second rose ceremony. It was just very stilted, and when they got to know each other off-camera, obviously... Very Sometimes different. That camera awareness is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we saw that with um Peter and Kelly. Also. Yeah. Like that 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 all makes sense to me. The big thing that I that really like upset me on Blake's behalf about all of this is the fact that there was according to him, she did not bother to give him any kind of heads up about what was coming. That really bothers me. It really it seems bothers unkind. me. It's it really seem unkind. unkind to me. It's really unkind, frankly. And it's very easy to do. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's unkind. I think that's a fair. Yeah. It really, like, the unkindness almost to me is in how oblivious it seems. It's like, yeah. how could you not, like, even think of me when you're doing this? We just broke up. Like, how could you not consider that I'm going to see this and it's going to be. And not even that he's going to see it, but that he's literally going to be very much implicated in what will inevitably become a major news story within reality TV and entertainment media. Like, there's an added layer. I think, look, I think even any of us lay people, it would be good form to perhaps give a very, very, very recent ex a heads up that you're going to be like, Dating a mutual friend. Dating a mutual friend, right? Like that would just, that's just the kind of the kind thing to do. But it's especially kind of incumbent on you to do that when you are all public figures. And this is inevitably going to demand public comment from your ex. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to involve him. Like, and, and that's like really what he expresses a lot of upset with. Yeah. In his interview with Mike and Brian. Yeah, he's like, I didn't sign on for 12 days of messy like none of the guys did, but were implicated in it anyway. And like, I just want to very much not be attached anymore. I want to be able to like focus on what I do and my conservation work. And 
not have to answer questions about Katie and John and not be associated with this anymore. And he tried, you know, again, he's fair. Pretty, it's he's pretty gracious about it. He like he wishes them the best. Wishes them the best. I mean, honestly, I think he could have. I would have allowed him a lot more latitude to be far pettier and angrier than he. Than honestly, he was. me too. Like I, I can't. I mean, I don't want to do like oh, everything is just gender flip it and see if it's fair. But like the thought of Peter handling one of his post show breakups and reunions this way like by orchestrating his own like off-camera elaborate stunt like just first instagram story views i feel like he would have been totally vilified and i think that it's fair to be critical yeah and to be clear like we're there is no criticism here of Katie dating John. Frankly, it's probably a better match for her. They seem really happy. He seems great. I hope they are happy. As we said up top, like we tend to get on board with couples. We want people to be happy and thrive and like and have good, healthy relationships with partners that are present. It just sucks to see someone sort of rub their newfound happiness almost in the face of an ex without even giving them the the respect. Like, I actually think it's a matter of respect mm-hmm. to be like, you mattered enough to me that I want you to know what's coming and I want to give you yeah. some space to process this, even, even if it was 20 minutes, some yeah. space to process this before the public is involved. I'm not going to agree between us to present a public face asking for privacy and then less than two weeks later begin soliciting attention around our relationship and then culminate it by announcing my new relationship with a timeline that looks to a lot of people, fairly or not, a little bit suspicious about whether it overlapped with our relationship. Like, it's really soliciting, as Blake points out, the kind of attention that he thought they had both asked not to get around their breakup. And I think that it just shows some, like, super terminal main character syndrome like it's like katie is really putting herself right now in the mindset of this is my rom-com and like and everyone that i was with before this was like a stepping stone to my right happy ending it's like blake is like the bad boyfriend but in a rom-com that bad boyfriend isn't real he's not a real person to have his feelings hurt and often he's deliberately made into kind of a real shithead so that no one feels bad anyway like the audience doesn't want to sit there while you're being happy in public at the end of your rom-com being like oh but you treated your nice boyfriend so badly honestly why i have a really hard time with rom-coms like sweet home alabama where the other guy seems really nice and appealing like it it is not satisfying (laughs) Right. In real life, you would look at fucking Reese Witherspoon's character in Sweet Home Alabama and be like, how, what is wrong with her? Like, what an awful thing to do to her fiance. And we live in real life. We don't live in a rom-com. So, like, for Katie to produce with John this little video of them kissing to announce their relationship and to use footage from a time that she was with him and her then-fiance at the same time. And then she posted a tweet the same day with a picture of like 
a fridge magnet shaped like a film clapperboard that says life is a movie direct it well and it is holding up a black and white photo of john with her dog tommy and the tweet says producing my own happiness and i'm like she wants her never been kissed ending she wants to like have this big public romantic moment that's like I've fallen in love with the person I shouldn't have, but it's so real and exciting. You have to get on board. And there's just more, there's more mess involved in real life. There are real people's feelings involved. And to act like you're just the main character and never been kissed without considering that you have a real, very recent ex-fiance who is going to have his own emotions about being dragged into this, it's just so oblivious and self-centered to me. Just the bare minimum he could expect is a heads up. Like, they're they're linked together in public by virtue of having gotten engaged on the show, and that ended so recently. They released a joint statement together, she, so she knows that they are publicly managing their images in some way together through this breakup. And this completely flouts that. And Blake, I've never really been a fan of Blake. I don't like it. I don't like his whole, like, shtick very much as a viewer. I never connected with him that much. I was a little skeptical of why he came on the show for Katie. But, like, the way that I... I that For the first time, like, listening to this podcast, I really did kind of feel convinced that he had real hopes for things working out same. with Katie that were This was actually the most I've ever connected with him. Oh, same. And that's not to say that Blake is now my favorite, but he is a person. And no, he's Katie a person who deserves him, respect. Deserves and I would say the same thing about Katie. She's also a person who deserves respect, right? Like, yeah. And if Blake did anything super horrible to her, he should not have done that. But all I can respond to is what I have seen. By both that, of their accounts, neither of them did anything. Super terrible. Super terrible. But of course, there was... A big reaction to this announcement, and yeah. a lot of that reaction was quite negative. And John, again, I, I get why he was probably feeling defensive or upset seeing some it's of the conversation. not the first time he's felt defensive or upset about conversation regarding Katie and one of the men from her season. It is true. Um, and so he decided that the best way to deal with this was to write a lengthy open letter to Reddit. To Reddit. Do not engage John. with Reddit, John. They're even meaner than us. <laughs> <laughs> we should know. Oh, uh, uh. yeah. So John wrote this letter to sort of give his perspective about what happened and to defend Katie against the speculation that she cheated on Blake with him. Um, he says, quote, there was no wrongdoing prior to the end of the engagement, which I assume is just a not... A little redundancy, but it does make it sound like there was wrongdoing after the end of the engagement. <laughs> um, but yes, that he says we never, you know, put a foot out of line. He also basically says, I never had even the faintest thought of her. She was engaged. I, neither of us is the kind of person who would ever, ever think of each other romantically in that context. That is very like he doth protest too much to me. It just seems so un. It's 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 not that's not real. It's very unlikely. Like. It's possible, but to me, it's okay if you had a crush on Katie while she was well, engaged. Right, it's exactly. It's like okay. you, it's you okay didn't, if Katie you didn't started cross to be a line. Like, like you didn't yeah. cross a line, neither of you did. Like that's very human. That's why I say it's it's a little bit too much like Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to 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 feel 
I actually am starting to feel something for John that maybe is what I should feel for Blake and Blake and I are still together. That's human. That's that's how shit works. But he doesn't want to allow any room that, that it's like she broke up with Blake October 25th. She and I suddenly started to fall passionately, madly in love. And here we are today. And he also says, quote, to those of you who suggest that we should have waited, I understand. I hear you. But try to understand what it's like for me, a regular guy, falling helplessly for his best friend, not being able to take her out for dinner because photos would likely leak and everyone would assume we are trying to foster some sort of secret and scandalous relationship. Ha ha. Our decision to come up publicly was a decision to pursue happiness in the way we wanted. And he does say disagreeing with someone for how they decide to go about it is okay. I do, John. I do disagree in how you yeah. guys decide to go about and it. And also, also, I'm like, clearly you don't think it's okay because you wrote a whole a letter. Whole well, and he's like, just because everyone's saying that we cheated. But sure. clearly, a lot of people just don't like the way that you went about it. However, I also just want to note that everyone knew they were close friends. So, like, they could have done a lot of stuff in public without... Raising and like suspicion. yeah, maybe, maybe there would have been chatter, but or as if long you like you didn't made like out, make out in public, yeah. But like okay, so they wanted to be able to make out in public. Also, that's Fine. fair. This was a very bad way to achieve the goal of dating in public without drama. It was a great way to achieve the goal of getting Katie a lot of attention. And you have to know that when you court that level of attention, that people are assholes on the internet. That's the thing. Like, it's People, not a surprise. She's a, I get it. She's an influencer. She's a public figure. Getting attention is part of her job. I don't think this was a very artful way of doing it. But she's allowed to want, need attention yes. to try and to get it. And to be clear, she's also allowed to want that and and publicly state that it's not okay to, like, be deluged with harassment. Like, I support her right to seek attention without receiving harassment. And people always cross the line. Yes. You know, however. That's true. <laughs> however, <laughs> caveats aside, yeah. he, you know, he writes about how weird and unpleasant it was to have to worry about optics while he was falling in love with his best friend and, like, something that's so personal. And I, I get that. It must be so weird. And it's part of the conflict that that drives the excitement of a rom-com is like they're in love but maybe they shouldn't be or there's an obstacle and there's a romance in watching a couple overcome exactly this kind of obstacle but this was handled in a very bad way if what you want is to avoid negative optics um and i think that like the idea of announcing a relationship in a way that's like engineered to elicit a lot of attention and public investment and scrutiny, um, you know, to then say, oh, I don't want this attention. I hate this attention. I hate that you have opinions about us. Well, you asked us to have opinions or, or your girlfriend did. Like, you you tried to grab our eyeballs and you tried to to get us invested in this because that's how Katie makes money. And, like, that's her job. And that's okay. But that does... People don't just exist to give you positive attention. Right. Some people are going to have critical opinions about how you did it. And you you called them all over. You're like, boy, do I have something for you. <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable. Um, it's also worth noting that uh, 
John is perhaps the real winner in all of this because his Instagram yeah. following like more than doubled. Yeah. And I hope that they go on from this to have a very happy and solid relationship and me too find uh find professional and romantic paths forward that that make them happy and i hope that blake is allowed to be decoupled from this whole narrative oh my god yeah his biggest plea like he's like on the verge of tears and he's just basically saying i want to not be associated with this i want to never go on <laughs> apologies on to a bachelor for- show again Apologies to him for including him in this recap, but um, we will not be talking about Blake anymore unless <laughs> he goes back on his word and goes on Paradise. And yeah, so what what a ride this was. Um, Wild. And it's like, I hated it, but I also I loved it. So I'm part of the problem here. I mean, truly, that there's something about Katie and this really encapsulated it where i'm just like do i love that you're really good at making chaotic content that is fun to exclaim over with emma or do i resent that it's so obvious that you're (laughs) manufacturing (laughs) dramatic content like it's so clear what she's doing in a way that that unsettles but it's you know i'm still talking about it still had fun still still a good hour and a half so i guess like what we're saying is thank you yeah thanks katie (laughs) thanks for what you did um and you know best wishes to everyone that we talked about today and to all of you our listeners thanks for joining us we will be back with more gossip probably before too long (laughs) let's see what happens And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars, follow us, leave a review, and of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to all of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, which makes a great holiday gift if you want to give someone a subscription, <laughs> on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for Men Tell All. Stitcher. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.